it's a fascinating world. I mean, um, when I look at um, uh, what's his name, Tim. Uh, I'm going to brain fart right now. Sorry, so I mean some cranial flatulence. Uh, um, you know, and he, in his, one of his book, uh, the the Titans book, he talked about how he'd never met a billionaire who hadn't had a hallucinogenic, who has not <laughs> taken something to experience an other reality. <laughs> and, you know, and, and he talked about how we often hold the framework that billionaires must be very focused and very rigid and blah, blah, blah. And he talked about how many of them had returned to nature um, through these alternative experiences with um, <clears throat> anything from um, lysergic acid, LSD, to uh, peyote, to uh, ayahuasca, and a, and a myriad of other choices too, including Kobo, which um, the, the, the frog poison, and all these different things. But that each one of them in the, in, and I actually know many people in that world too, each one of them talked about how it had given them a deeper connection to nature. Nice. So it, it, you know, it always awakened something within them mm -hmm. about who they were psychologically and the blocks they had. had. Um, so uh, on a recent show I recorded was with a Republican strategist. <clears throat> and as I said, one of my goals with the show is to talk about areas that that person wouldn't normally talk about. You know, so we go, oh, Republican strategist, I'm not listening to that. Well, hold on a sec. He's going to talk to you about his experience with MDMA and how that opened his heart up and, you know, and how that's transformed him from looking at the world from a very narcissistic point of view to a very spiritual point of view and, and connecting to human beings. So, you know, it's, it's interesting to me that a lot of times it's getting past these ideas we have. And, and as I said, in the, the research that I've done, very often does it not just melt the walls of one's own psyche and, and ideas and beliefs, but one of the most consistent feedbacks is that those people now have a greater connection to nature. So I find that very interesting, don't you? It it is, and you know, I can uh, I can see how that could happen from that. You know, um, my connection with nature is has been there since I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm already connected to it, at, you know, you know, at that level. And I've you know I've done my share of nature meditations mm -hmm. and things like that, which are usually really powerful. Oh, of course, and they, and they definitely affect your dreams at night too. There's absolutely no doubt about that. You know, you, you know, we talked about grounding before and, yeah, and, you know, you want to get grounded, go and, you know, park your butt out in the woods and just sit up next to a tree for a couple hours and try not to move around a lot and just let, just let everything kind of flow in you and through you and let nature put on a show. It's one of the most powerful ways I've found personally to get people to reconnect with nature is have them create what's called a sit spot where they have a place where they can go and be by themselves and, you know, contemplate life, you know, do some bitching and moaning if they want or some praying and just get away from all the distractions, all the man-made distractions and go and just be with nature. 
And we're finding now, or what I've been seeing is that health practitioners, health practitioners are finding that their clients are going through miraculous changes just by spending more time in nature and especially barefoot as well. Yeah. Sharing electrons with the earth, you know, we're, yeah. we're, we're an electromagnetic field just like the earth is. Yeah. But you know, you know, we're taught, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, that grass is wet. Put your shoes on, get, get out of the yard, you know, Yeah. instead of, well, you, just, as you and I talked about last time <clears throat> uh, before we recorded, but we were talking about how these quote old wives tales are actually very important. Um, and you know, I said, if I start to feel like I'm getting a cold, the first thing I do is go out over, over to the, the grass that's close by to where I live, whip my shoes off, and walk on the wet grass in winter. People are like, are you mad? You're not well. You know, you, you said you're feeling like you're getting a cold. And I go, yeah, this is how I get better. And they don't understand that. But the importance of being grounded. And another piece of that is that a lot of times these things are, they're not just disrespected. They're often ridiculed, i.e., you know, we used to, you know, you and I are old enough to remember the idea of people who were tree huggers, you know, and that was like, but you and I understand that that's actually an amazing way to ground, mm -hmm. right? Is to stand and actually hold a tree. And as you said, that sitting spot in nature with your back up against a tree, you don't have to be hugging it, but with your back up against it, sitting straight and meditating. And I used to uh, teach a public program that was called Authentic Life Mastery. And it was body, mind, emotion, and soul. It was the, mm -hmm. the four elements. And one of those things at the soulful level was the soul of the planet. And I would send these CEOs and, and people off. And we had this beautiful, um, wonderful cabin that was gigantic in, in, in this beautiful wooded area by a lake. <clears throat> and we'd send people off and say, okay, you, you can't come back for 20 minutes. And what you have to do is you have to find your tree hmm. and you have to stand with your tree and you can hug it, you can put your back against it, you can do whatever you want, but you have to be with your tree. And then come back and tell us what happened. And you know, you'd hear the trepidatious sort of sharing of, well, you know, it felt a bit weird and I thought well, it was just a bit, you know, and this is a bit, and this guy's lost his, you know, lost the, I mean, I have a lot of respect for Dob, but this is a bit wacky. And, and then they'd come back and they'd be like, oh my God, like it felt like the tree was talking to me. It, I felt energized. I felt sleepy when I was there and then suddenly I wasn't. Or I went from being really busy headed to suddenly feeling very calm. And you know, we'd hear these wonderful stories. That's beautiful. And I go, yeah, you know what? That's your body responding to nature. That's your neurochemical response to it. Your, there's a neurochemical cascade that from your hypothalamus, which is the part of your brain that responds to these things, that is actually responding, that is dropping away the fear and connecting, and you get cleaned out and you get earthed from being there. I'm like, what? Yeah, you know, it's a really good drug. You should try it. <laughs> yeah, and it's free. <laughs> it's totally free, and you can't get busted for it. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it's, it's very interesting to me that, that we we've lost that and we need to, we need to come back to that. Yes, we do. Well, Richard, we are, we're, we're at the point in the show where we need to, we need to move along to, as you know, the show is called curiosity bites. Okay. And so now we're into what we call the mastication round. 
Uh oh. <laughs> we get to chew on I, something. I think um, I'm ready so, for that one. What's that? <laughs> I said, I think I'm ready for this one. You think? <laughs> Don't be too sure. Yeah. So you get to pick uh, a number, a random number between one and 20. Uh, that refers to a question that I shuffle around quite a bit uh, between shows, and you get to pick a number. That number is a corresponding question. I'll ask you the question, and you do your best to, to go there. Are you ready? Yes. We will have the sound effect, please. Okay. And now, <laughs> and now you'll pick a number from 1 to 20. Go ahead. Got to be 7. It's got to be 7. Got to be 7. Okay, so the first question in our mastication round is the worst thing anyone's ever said to you. Hmm. Number seven. Oh gosh, I think we've all been called just about every name in the book. Um, but it's what it's what hit you, right? It's it's yeah, the worst yeah. thing that anybody's ever said to you. Oh gosh, I don't know. Probably. A, Someone, you know, said I'm a lazy piece of shit or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I've been, you know, I don't, I don't really retain a lot of those things. You know, I, you know, I tend to just kind of drop them and let them go. So, you know, I don't know if that's a direct quote or not, but right. I think all of us have been, have been called just about every name in the book. And, but, and then we can choose how we, how we decide to react to it. Right. We can choose whether or not we want to take that or leave that. And, yeah. you, know, you know, that's something that we forget, you know, it's like we can choose how we react. When somebody pushes our buttons, we have to remember who put those buttons there. Absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the interesting things about that, that question, the worst thing that anybody could have, has ever said to you is that, is that sometimes it's something that other people would not have a reaction to. Mm -hmm. Like, so I can remember, um, doing being in therapy and, and being really upset because um i had bumped into a friend of my mother's so at that time i think i was probably 20 and i bumped into a friend of my mother's somebody my mother had known for like years and years and years and this woman said to, to me my god you're like your father <laughs> now she was talking visually Right. That I looked like my dad. I, but that was the worst thing she could have said to me, for yeah. sure. Because mm -hmm. my father was a narcissistic piece of shit. Yeah. Right. And so, oh, you know, so sometimes it's not you're a lazy piece of shit. It's, you know, it, it's not something that's even direct. It's something that that person actually had no negative meaning in. It's mm -hmm. just like, oh, you, wow, you like your father. And she meant that I looked like my dad. But the truth was that my psyche, as you said, I took it in to mean something vastly different. Well, you know, and I was like, I remember feeling quite defensive for her comment. Hmm. Fascinating, isn't it? It is. Another one. Pick another one. Uh, Zero to 20. Let's do 11. 11. Mm -hmm. In the movie of your life, who would play the lead and why? <laughs> well, it would be me. <laughs> no, but you don't get to. You're not oh, an actor. Oh. No, it's a movie about your life. It's a, a famous actor. Life. So who gets to play you? Boy, you know, I don't. I don't really know all my actors real well anymore. 
Let me think. I mean, I gotta, I gotta chew on that one for a second. Well, you, you can, you can pick somebody who you would know. It doesn't have to be a modern one. Maybe well, it's an actor who's dead. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe, uh, maybe Heath Ledger or someone like that. So Heath Ledger as Richard Cleveland in what's the name of the show? In, the movie? in Wild Wanderings. <laughs> Wild Wanderings. So why, why Heath Ledger? You have to, you have to oh, come on. I think he kind of looks like me a little bit. I always thought he had a, you know, he was a, had an attractive face. He was, he was a good actor and I could see him. I could see him pulling it off, I think. And he was an Aussie. Oh, that's right. He's an Aussie. Yeah. And, he's, and he's an Aussie. And he did a great job as the original Joker. Like he yeah, was he did, quite actually. terrifying as the Joker. Yeah. A brilliant job of that. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, one of my favorite, I get to now pick one. So one of my favorites to ask is, um, <laughs> in the world of uh, conspiracy theories, Mm -hmm. Do you believe any conspiracy theories? And if you do, which one? Which one? Maybe more than one. Oh, there's, <laughs> there's, plenty of, there's plenty sure. of them out there. Which, Let's uh, pick one. There's plenty of them out there, which, um, you know, which are, are, are not theories. Right. You know, you know, we like to tie those words together. You know, it's like. Um, well, you know, uh, okay. Let, let's rephrase the, the question yeah. to what can, what, is held as a conspiracy theory that you believe to be true and you have maybe even have some evidence of truth? Well, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, okay, I'm just going to go there. Sure, you know, go there. The, um, you know, I think that our um, country is, is run behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. There are, there are very powerful people that have been in place for, you know, bloodlines for, for, couple hundred years mm -hmm. and um it's real you know we have a deep state we have a shadow government we have an oligarchy we have powerful wealthy men behind the curtain and i think that's very provable and you know somebody a lot of people most of my friends understand that but then there'll be some people who just say oh i don't believe in all that conspiracy theory bs but that's all conditioning you know you know as well as i do that that um, you know that that whole term was created right after John F. Kennedy got assassinated. Of course, you know, and and so it it becomes something that people just automatically throw at you whenever you start talking about anything controversial that that their brain can't handle. You know, you know, you know what cognitive dissonance is. You know, you you have a very open mind. You you know, you were talking about that earlier. You're curious. It's like if mm -hmm. you know someone's talking about flat Earth, you said that. Hey, yeah, I'll listen to that because sure. your mind is open. Right. But a lot of people's minds are not open. No. And whenever they hear anything that goes against what they believe they already know, they, you know, they revert. They go back to that safe place in their head and they don't want to budge from it. I'm not, no. I'm, I'm wired like you are. It's like, I want to know what's going on. I want to dive in. I want to look behind the, scenes i want to find out the truth for myself and not believe someone just because i heard it from somebody else and it's I, one I, of the reasons i like that question is because mm -hmm. for me that is such a uh, such an insight because as you said even the term is a defense mechanism 
I don't have to believe it. I don't have to examine it if I can call it a conspiracy theory. And for me, a conspiracy theory is very simply something worth examining. I don't have to agree with it. And one of my teachers years ago said to me, um, go learn something you disagree with. And I went, and that was what really opened me up. And I went, oh, okay, what do you mean? And I went and studied a particular uh, form of hieroglyphics that people like, why, why would you go study that? Like, isn't that obscure? And I'm like, oh, totally obscure. But I thought it was complete BS. Nice. And that's why I picked it. And, yeah. and they said, what about now? I go, I think it's probably one of the most fundamental truths of our life. And went, what? Really? Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, and because it ties to everything from DNA to, I mean, like things that are like, what? So, you know, I th when you look at the... When you look at this thing about, you know, and people talk about deep state, and I think that that's, again, it's a term now that's getting diluted because it's being used in a, in a non-contextual way. You know, you disagree with Trump, therefore you are part of the deep state. That's bullshit. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's absolute nonsense. But is there a deep state? Are there people pulling strings? Absolutely. Whether that is the Vanderbilts that you talked about or the, or the great money families of the world, or whether it's the Club of Rome or whether, you know, whether it's any of those, those things. Yes, or, I can go down. I can go on. I, we could spend several hours just on that subject. I guarantee we could. <laughs> right. Because, you know, and the Eagles and all that understanding. Mm -hmm. uh, um, yeah, I can go down that road in a very, very large way. Um, and understanding that, but let me, I want to put something forward to you because, you know, this is interesting. Here's you from this world of nature. And we know there is, there's a natural balance in nature. It finds its way. You know, you know, we talk a lot about destroying the earth. Never happens. Never going to happen. And the reason is because the earth's way smarter than us and we'll, we'll drive ourselves out. But even if we do, and we do a shitload of damage, even if we blow a couple of nuclear bombs off, the planet will come back. It will survive. It's going to do okay. We, on the other end, you know, we'll cucaracha. We might last a while, but we're going to eventually do ourselves in. So I'm not that worried about that as regards the planet. I think we should be more interactive and more responsible. Of course, that's not what I'm I'm not saying anything different than that. But I think the planet will survive. But nature has a way of balancing out. On the other side is this idea of the people pulling the strings, the puppeteers of life, which we were just talking about. And on the other side here is this at least conceptual idea of democracy. So in nature, nature balances out the overriding authoritarian system called man it eventually will override that yes do you <clears throat> when you look at the world in dem uh, democracy versus deep state and strings being pulled do you think that democracy is real no <laughs> no not entirely no right it's interesting isn't it yeah, because is. you know, I I would I I will honestly say I will encourage people to vote every day and all day. I will. Mm -hmm. 
But there is also a part of me that goes, yeah, but. Me too. You know, yeah, but. I, I mean, I'll encourage you to vote. Yeah, but. Uh, the people you're voting for are not there by accident. That's right. Uh, and sometimes they've been positioned and groomed and they don't know they've been positioned and groomed. Mm -hmm. And we see that as a conspiracy theory. You know, Dub's gone wacky and he's talking about this. But if you look at bloodlines, for instance, of everybody from Bill Clinton to anybody you can think of, the Bushes or whoever it is, all those bloodlines go back and they're all, they all come back to a common place and you discover that some uh, cousin related, you know, some weird uh, ding, 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 ding version of connection has gone on between each of those people in leadership roles, whether that is Maggie Thatcher in the UK back in the day, you know, or whether that is, you know, um, Ronald Reagan who appeared to be an actor, you know, so it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? How the interconnection. And that for me is what, where, where this comes to Richard with us in this conversation is whether we look at it as a nefarious connection or, or, or natural connection, the key word there is, there is a connection. And isn't everything that you're teaching people about really about being connected or recognizing the connections? Well, it's about connecting people with nature. I mean, we're talking, you know, you were talking about the people behind the curtain, the deep state and all that, you know, mm -hmm. I'd be willing to bet that, that those people are not connected to nature. You know, their, mm. their world, since they were very young, deals with grooming them so that they can, you know, take the throne once, you know, once their parents die or whatever. But, and, and, it's, and it's more about control. Mm -hmm. And I heard someone say once, they said, there's only two kinds of people in the world. So there are people that want to be left alone, and there's people that can't leave others alone. Mm. That's interesting. <laughs> and there's some truth to that. So we're probably again, not necessarily nefarious. No, we're, we're probably never going to be able to do anything about or have knowledge of what really goes on behind those scenes, mm -hmm. but we can enjoy life more. We can keep an eye on it because we should, but yeah. we can enjoy life more by, by really diving into nature and the natural world and learning how to be more self-reliant learning how to be more self-sufficient, learning how to find your own food, maybe even hunt fish, make your own medicines. And it kind of, it kind of lessens the impact or how you would emotionally react to those other things that you see that are going on because it, they almost become laughable to a point. As long as it doesn't really get in your face, you can just kind of ignore it, keep an eye on it, but you can have a lot of fun while you're, doing other stuff, you know, and, and that's where the nature awareness stuff really comes in, Dove, is once, once you're open or once you see what's really there that you're missing, you, you can't turn it off. Right. Like you, you can walk out your door, you can walk anywhere and you're recognizing resources, you're recognizing food, you're recognizing um, rope, you're, you know, recognizing mm -hmm. the beauty of nature, you're seeing the birds, you're picking up on everything around you. And to me, that's more important than, than focusing my attention on, on those things that I really have no control over. 
But, you know, in, in many ways, this, this conversation has now come full circle because where we're at, I mean, we've, we've, we've just been down the road of conspiracy theory, and yet where we've gotten back to is becoming aware of what you don't know. That's right. Right. You know, we, we started out by talking about um, we think we know something because we can name it. We, 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 and how much we don't notice. And whether that is in the sense of who's pulling the political strings uh, uh, and who is running the systems, or whether that's noticing that that's an edible plant that was growing right outside of your front door. And really, you know, if I was to change the name of your school, which I'm not trying to do, but if I was to change the name of your school, it would be the noticing school, <laughs> right? It would be the, the, the school of awareness right. uh, and the, using the metaphor of nature to say, what are you not seeing? Like, so if I was co-teaching with you and you did all the nature side, I would immediately run the psychology side and say, okay, so here's an example. You've stood on this leaf every single day you've walked out. You've stood on this plant. And Richard just explained what this plant is and that it's an edible plant and it's good for inflammation. And it takes, if you consume it, it takes down inflammation inside of the gut. If you rub it on, it takes down inflammation on the outside. You know, and he explained that to you. But here's the thing now, where does that show up in your life? And people go, well, nowhere. Yeah, hold on a second. Where are you stepping on things and not noticing? What is causing psychological inflammation in you that you need to take down with a greater level of awareness? That there's a complete parallel between what we notice in nature or rather don't notice or delete or just push away, not pay attention to that's going on in, a, in every part of our lives. And so in many ways, you know, I want to thank you for coming on and being part of the show today oh, yeah. because um, in the desire to bring people back to curiosity, we can't be curious as long as we think we know. And you've asked people to say, well, hold on, even if you know, do you know if you can label it do you know if you know who to vote for does that mean you know what the policies are maybe not and if you know that this is a name of a plant but do you know what you can do with it no but it's a, it's it, so i really want to thank you for bringing that level of awareness to people oh you're welcome it's my pleasure i I'm, i always enjoy these kinds of opportunities and you're uh uh, you're a great host. You're very Thank animated, you, which I love. You like to have fun, so it makes my job easy. Well, thank you, Richard. It's been a pleasure having you with us. Before we finish up, I would love for you to tell um, our audience where they can find out more about you, where they can find out more about Earth School and how to reach out to you and any way that people can get a hold of you and maybe step into a greater level of awareness of, of their own nature education sure well my website's very easy to remember it is simply love the earth.com so it's www.lovetheearth.com and my schedule's up through i think about uh sometime about mid-fall so um everything's up online the information about the programs 
uh, email. I can be contacted for, you know, various things. I do personal training as well, as well as public training. Um, but yeah, if you'd like to um, learn more about nature and learn how to be a big kid again, um, you know, give me a ring, come to a class and, and uh, we'll have some fun together. Fantastic. Well, again, thank you, Richard. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for sharing all of your wisdom and your knowledge. And, and thanks for letting people know about, again, give us the URL, the website. www.lovetheearth.com. Very simple, lovetheearth.com. Go look for it. We'll definitely put it in the show notes and find out about Earth School. Again, our thanks to Richard Cleveland. It's been awesome having you here, sir. Thank you very much. I hope you'll stay with us to the end. And for you, dear mm -hmm. listener, remember to stay curious, my friends. Stay curious. Not only about what's in front of you, but what it is that's in front of you that you don't notice. Stay curious about what it is that you can name but don't know. There's a vast difference between those two. I'm Dov Varon, founder of Full Monty Leadership, and I want to say to you, stay curious, my friend, stay curious. Thank you.